Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Between the Glass podcast with your hosts, Femi Akinloy and Ian Teichler. And Ian, we have a ton to talk about because uh, we did not record. Uh, we did not record on Wednesday. Well, technically Thursday. We wanted to do one big episode just before the trade deadline. And uh, we're going to start off with the story that is breaking right now. Um, Nick Felino has just been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, we don't know the return yet. Uh, I'm hearing it's a three-team trade, according to Frank Saravalli. Uh, the third team is San Jose. So my guess is that there will be a first-round pick involved, at least. But uh, a very good trade for a team that uh, is already pretty good. Uh, Ian, what are your thoughts on the trade? I I don't know. I think I don't even know where he's gonna play. I I like the trade though. Yeah, I don't uh, really know. I I really like the trade. I'm just curious what the return is because uh, I I had written down here on our show notes that apparently uh, there's a first round pick on the table. Teams are throwing first-round picks on the table for Nick Foligno, uh, which I guess is a – I don't know if it's an overpayment, I guess. I mean, last year, what was it? Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrill both got traded for first-round picks plus. Blake so. Coleman got Cal Foote and a first. Is, or uh, Nolan Foote, not Cal Foote. And Nolan Foote's a pretty good prospect, I'd say. Uh, that was probably – that's probably on the extreme end of trading uh for players like that but uh as we wait for the return to come in we're gonna move on uh i'll update as uh more details come out but um waivers uh there are very uh some very interesting uh players uh placed on waivers uh we saw oh okay we just got the return uh according to elliot friedman toronto trades a first and two fourths for Nick Felino and Stefan Nosen. Nosian? Nosen. I don't know how to pronounce it. Nason. Nason. Okay. Through San Jose. Um, yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on the uh what Toronto gave up for for Nick Felino? <laughs> um uh, that's that's a lot. It we'll is a see. lot. It's a lot, I... but I don't know. I mean, they're pretty much done for the deadline now. I'm guessing. Maybe pretty I mean, much. There's still room to add. I guess if you want to try to add a defenseman, maybe a depth guy, someone who doesn't cost that much, or you could claim Mete off waivers. Uh, okay, uh, let's get. Yeah, back. you could try, but he probably <laughs> get claimed. Before. Yeah, let's uh, let's start uh, with what we we're supposed to start with until. Kyle Dubis rudely interrupted us. Um, so waivers. There were quite a few interesting names placed on waivers. Uh, Victor Mete from the Montreal Canadiens, Sammy Votnin from the New Jersey Devils, Alex Biega and Danny DeKaiser from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, sorry, Adelaide Friedman's not giving me names. He just says Healy from Nashville and Cody Golubev from Ottawa. Uh, so... The, f- the last four likely will not get claimed. Biega, DeKaiser, Healy, and Golubov. 
But Sammy Vartanen and Golubev didn't get claimed. I don't I, actually. I don't know about him, but the reason he he got placed on waivers is because he signed. Yeah. And when you sign at this point in the season, you have to pass through waivers. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to start off with, as a Habs fan, the one I found kind of interesting: uh, Victor Mete placed on waivers. Um. Yeah. Mete has uh, or his his contract is up after this year. It's one year and uh, seven hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, which is what he's making. Uh, which is very very affordable. Um. So I kind of find it interesting that he's on waivers because I think it's almost certain he gets claimed. Uh, if he yeah. doesn't get claimed, I'll, I'll be very surprised because this is, he's still young enough that, you know, a team could take him, try to, you know, jumpstart his career. He has a very, very low cap hit. And, uh, and he's an RFA. And he's an RFA. So you still have his rights. Um, who do you think claims him? Buffalo, first team that has the, sh- the chance. For me, if I'd be very surprised if Buffalo does not claim him. They already claimed Drake Kajula uh, off waivers earlier. I think it's Buffalo or Detroit, I think. But I definitely think I think if Buffalo doesn't claim him, Detroit or Ottawa, one of those teams is going to snap up, grab him right away because you know it's not very often that young defensemen, very affordable cap hits, uh, get placed on waivers. And this is a guy who, if you told anybody three years ago that this this is a guy who would be placed on waivers, no one would believe you. Like, this well, is a guy. Well, this is a guy yeah. who was on such an upward trajectory. Like, he comes what? into the NHL, fourth-round pick, and he's immediately playing with the captain, Shea Weber, on the top pair. Like, you okay. would imagine that Almost, you, they wouldn't believe that he'd be placed on waivers when he's 22. Yeah. Uh, I think he gets taken. See, the uh, house placed Noah Yulson on waivers at the beginning of the year, and he yeah. got claimed. So, Mate probably will. Yeah. Um, and then the second uh, interesting player, Sammy Votnin, was uh, placed on waivers. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really understand that one. Uh, I didn't think he was a bad, I don't think he's a bad player. Uh, and it's not like he's making like six mil or something. Like some of these other guys are like Danny DeKaiser, who's making like 5.5. I mean, if you wanted to get, yeah, if you wanted to get something back for him, uh, you could probably get a pick at least instead of just throwing this guy on waivers. Uh, I don't really understand it. What do you think? They might be doing this um, so that they can trade him. Maybe they have like an agreement with the league so that he can't get claimed or something. And then there's a bidding war with yeah. him already having cleared waivers. I mean, because yeah, I guess. If you've cleared mm-hmm. waivers, it's you get more cap flexibility. Yeah. Plus, yeah. then they can retain salary on him. Yeah. So, actually, no, they can't because they already retained salary twice. But anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, I there's a chance he gets claimed unless there's some agreement that we don't know of. I, I don't just know. don't I know sh- by who. 
I find it odd that he's on waivers, so I'm not sure he gets claimed. I, I, I really find it odd. I, yeah. I, I definitely think there'd be interest, but I don't think he gets claimed. I do think he gets traded. Yeah. So either okay. way, by the end of the deadline, he is not a New Jersey Devil. Um, yeah. Let's let us move on to the first sort of big trade that uh, that happened. Um, Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri, and we actually called this on our previous show. We said Kyle Palmieri would be a good fit for the New York Islanders. Um, I believe it was on our previous show. Yeah, I know. I know we have talked about it. Um, yeah, but. Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac head to the New York Islanders. Uh, AJ Greer, Mason Yopes. I don't know how to pronounce his name. So I'm sorry. Mason something. Uh, and then I believe a first and some conditional picks in there. Uh, uh, fourth as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll check make, to make sure. Uh, but... If, if I'm being honest, uh, I think New Jersey, I, I, this return is kind of underwhelming for me. Uh, I definitely think you, uh, you could have got a lot more. Uh, I don't know about a lot more. They probably a decent amount more. Bit more. Like, for, I mean, you're giving up two. You're giving up Kyle Palmieri, who's despite having not not a good season, uh, he's still a good player, and Travis Zajac, who's also still a good player. And he's having a good season. And he's having a good season, so. Um, I, so the, the pick is a conditional fourth that can upgrade to a third if the Islanders make the Stanley Cup final. Well, I'm not sure they'll make the Stanley Cup final, but, I mean. They probably could have gotten, like, another conditional pick in there at least. That would have probably been good enough, I think. Yeah. Because you just want more picks. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. Um, good job for I, New Jersey. Uh, but, man, or good job for New York, the Islanders. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of uh, Cal Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure from New Jersey's point or New Jersey's view. I heard some people saying that maybe they're trading them to the Islanders and then they'll re-sign them in the offseason. If I guess I could see that, but Cal Palmieri already said he didn't want to re-sign with New Jersey. If he wanted to come back to New Jersey, he could have re-signed. Yeah, instead. he could have. But also, maybe he just wants to go on a playoff run before. And yeah, that's, that's we don't the necessarily thing. know. Yeah, that's the thing I was sort of I was sort of wrestling with. Um, overall, I think, is it safe to say that the Islanders are the winner in this trade? Probably, yeah. They got two pretty good players. They're both starting on the third line, but we'll see how, uh, I think Paul Mary will probably take Komarov's spot in, on the first line. Yeah. I think that they're getting two pretty useful forwards, and I think that they did well in this trade, the Islanders. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's more details. I'm just going to read out some more details with the uh, Nick Felino trade. 
So the Leafs are getting Nick Foligno at just 25% of his cap hit. So it looks like yeah. they're doing what the Tampa Bay Lightning did with David Savard's trade. The David Savard trade. Uh, we'll get to that one. So basically it looks like they're sending him to – or yeah, so Columbus is retaining. Then they send him to San Jose. They retain. And then they send him to Toronto. So yes. it's sort of a little cap, cap gymnastics. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. It okay. So that means fully no. So he makes five point five, right? Yeah. Fifty percent of that is two point seven five, and fifty percent of that is like. 1.375. So Toronto's getting him at a really cheap cap hit, meaning yeah. that they might not even be done for the deadline. We'll see. I, I, if they are done for the deadline, I'm not sure. I, uh, I agree with that, but um, I mean, that's a, it's a good trade. There was a lot yeah. of interest in, or there's a decent amount of interest in, uh, in Nick Felino. Uh, but yeah. let's. Let's jump to the uh, second trade, uh, second big trade. Uh, David Savard was traded from Columbus to Detroit to Tampa Bay. So uh, the original three-team trade. So the Columbus Blue Jackets acquired a first from Tampa Bay and a 2022, sorry, 2021 first and a 2022 third from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Detroit acquires a 2021 fourth round pick from Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay gets David Savard 50% retained uh, uh, from Columbus. 75% retained 50% from Columbus and then 25% from Detroit. So Tampa Bay only gets him at 25% of his original cap hit, which yeah. is what you have to do when you don't have cap space and, at all. Uh, Tampa Bay also gets Brian Lashoff as a roster spot. Yeah. Down basically yeah or a contract spot i guess not a roster yeah. spot um so if i'm being honest i i was not expecting this this was completely out of left field for me i did not think tampa bay would be able to get if they were i thought if they're going to get a defenseman it would probably be someone like john merrill or you know not someone like david savard who was one of the top defensemen on the market if not the top defenseman uh, yeah, tell me, depending tell me if on I, who's on the market. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, I I think Tampa Bay is a winner here. Uh, they obviously I, did, they did they did have to give up a first and a third, but I mean, you can never have too many defensemen, and this is gonna this is really gonna help them. Uh, I think that they they might win here. This. This could be really good for them. We'll see how yeah. Savard works in Tampa. If he doesn't, then that's a lot to give up. That is. I know yeah. they don't need any of it, but still, it's like yeah. last year. Those trades get a bit overrated now. The two deadline deals from last year where they give up first because they won. And yes, Tampa is really happy they won. So it doesn't matter that they give up the first, but it was still a lot to give up. And yeah. I think that mm-hmm. if they win, this was a good trade. If they don't, it's not. Yeah, like because they're probably not mm-hmm. going to restart him. But yeah, that's all that I have to say. Like with the trades from last year, like 
I really, I do like those trades. I, I think both of those players played parts along with like that third line of Coleman, Gaudreau, and Yanni Gord. I think that paid, that played a pretty big part, not a huge part, but it played a good part in uh, how they won by giving up a first and Nolan Foot, who is not, this is not just a throw in prospect. Like this guy's a he good player. He was a first. Yeah. Like he, he was, was a first round first pick. Round pick. Uh, for Blake Coleman, that's that's a lot, man. Like that's like two firsts for Blake Coleman, yeah. and then you give up a first for Barclay Goodrow, which it's that's a lot. They're they're probably very happy they won, like you're saying, but that's a steep price to pay. And uh, this for will probably guy, be little... for a guy who's never scored ten goals before. Yeah, this will be look if this doesn't work, if or if Tampa doesn't win, this will be looked back on as a uh, probably overpayment on uh, Tampa's part. But for now, I think they're winners here. Um, yes. And then uh, we got another trade from the from a Florida team, the Florida Panthers uh, acquiring Brandon Montour for a 2021 third round pick. Uh, Ian, what are your thoughts on that trade? I think this is kind of like the Eric Gustafson trade from last year. Yeah. It's a guy who has been good before offensively, not having the greatest offensive year, and gets traded for a third-round pick to go to a pretty decent team. I think that um, this is a pretty good trade for Florida, and I think that Buffalo did this because – they probably couldn't have gotten too much more for him. Yeah. So um, I think I think it's a good trade for Florida, though. In my opinion, okay. Uh, I, I think Buffalo is the winner here. Um, like, I know you're not a big analytics fan, but uh, not even just people who are big analytics people are looking at this trade and saying, yeah, and I'm sort of in that part or I'm sort of in that boat. Uh, I went and I said, why not just go check the guy's analytics just for fun? And, oh, my God. One of the worst defensemen over the last three seasons analytically. That's really bad. Granted, he's been playing in the place where not just defensemen go to die, where players go to die in the Buffalo Sabres. So it's sort of like yeah. the Eric Stahl situation where he was great in Minnesota, comes to Buffalo, and he is terrible because it's Buffalo. Um They've got to be betting on that he still hasn't, or Flores got to be betting on that he hasn't lost what made him good in Anaheim. But man, if, it depends what version you're getting. If you're getting Buffalo Montour, yikes. But if you're getting Anaheim Montour, solid trade, solid trade. I just, I just need to see how he plays first. I guess before I declare a winner, uh, uh, official winner. But if I'm, if I had to pick a winner right now, I do lean Buffalo. Just because I'm just really not sure, and yeah. you, you could probably say the same thing about the Eric Stahl trade. If as a Habs fan, uh, sure you could say Buffalo won that trade because they got a third and a fifth for a guy who had like ten points or something. I'm not sure how many points he had, but you yeah, get what like I'm saying. eleven. Yeah, yeah, um, something like that. Speaking of uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they made a trade. Uh, earlier today, uh, they acquired John Merrill from the Detroit Red Wings for a fifth round pick. And, uh, 
it explains why Mete is on waivers, uh, sort of, I guess. But um, well, it does because they have too many defensemen on the roster now, basically. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about. Because uh, they obviously don't trust Mete. Uh, it's very clear. Dom Ducharme does not trust Victor Mete anymore. So uh, it's no surprise he's the one on waivers. But uh, John John Merrill, uh, he's a he's a good stay at home defenseman, uh, which I'm I'm not sure that's exactly what Montreal needed. But I mean he's 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 gonna be guy. He'll uh, he'll do a good job of playing defense. Yeah, I mean I guess that's I mean it. you. Yeah, he will help out their penalty kill, which is surprisingly bad with. All their defensive defensemen with Shea Weber, with Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie, and whatnot. But uh, at least he'll help out the penalty kill. Petrie is not that good defensively. Well, when he's playing good, he's good defensively. He can be, but he's an offensive defenseman. Well, I don't know. I I started viewing more as a a two-way guy. I get like this year. I definitely think he's been good defensively. Bef- when I called him a Norris candidate or my Norris winner, he was playing great defensively. Uh, I think he's a good def- He's good in his own end. I say he's yeah. good in his own end, and I view the offense as sort of a a plus. The the points you put up as a plus. Okay. I, mean, I, I guess there's a reason that. why NHL NHL 21 has him as a defensive defenseman, but that's off topic. Uh, it's a story for another day. Um, back to John Merrill. Back to John Merrill. Uh, he's uh, it's uh, it's a defenseman, and they do need defensemen. So uh, I guess, I guess they're winners. I mean, a fifth round pick—that's nothing. That's nothing. I thought John Merrill would get a little more than a fifth, but uh, I guess I'm wrong. That's just me. Yeah. What do you think? I think they that Detroit probably could have gotten more, but maybe I'm wrong. I think that John Merrill is a good good addition for the Habs. He he is probably going to play on the third pair, but he might even play up in the holding up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I think that it's a good addition for Montreal, and especially since they only have to go out fifth. Yep, I'm no no doubt. I'm gonna de- declare Montreal winners here just because they literally gave up nothing. Fifth round pick. They still have like eleven picks in this draft. So if they wanted to go make another trade, they probably have the assets too. Um, so that's Montreal is my winner in this trade. And I think I think we can all agree on that. Uh, unless this fifth round pick turns out to be an absolute steal or something. Well, yeah, but even then, not the Habs' fault. Yeah. Um, so we were gonna talk about Nick Felino here, but we're obviously gonna move on to uh, Taylor Hall. And uh, according to Darren Dreger, uh, some some hard work. This is from his Twitter account. Quote: Some hard work getting done today in Buffalo. Sources indicate that Taylor Hall trade is getting close at this point. One hour ago, and then forty minutes ago, he followed that up with. It's believed three teams remain in the mix for Hall. So it looks like by the time we're by the time this day ends, probably, uh, Taylor Hall may be gone. Or even tomorrow, I guess. Taylor Hall is likely gone. 
Um, three teams remain in the mix. Ian, who do you think those three teams are, if you were to take an educated guess? New York Islanders, based on reports from yesterday. Yeah, that would, that would just be my first name, too. I'm going to guess not the Toronto Maple Leafs, based on the trade they just made. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll say Boston Bruins, even though I don't know what the fit there would be. And... For the third team, uh, I'm going to guess Florida. Because huh. oh, that was a thing. Yeah. But okay. Some people say that he might go to Florida. I don't think he will, but they might be in on him. Just because they're never buyers, so maybe they're a bit excited. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think, I think New York, the Islanders are definitely in there. I'd be extremely yeah. surprised based on all the reports we've heard. Uh, I definitely would be very surprised if the Islanders are not in there. Um, I do think the Boston Bruins are sniffing around. And honestly, I'm going to throw a team out there. The Minnesota Wild, I think, are in there. I do believe the Minnesota Wild are interested. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Taylor Hall is rocking with Kirill Kaprizov by the end of the straight deadline. I would not be surprised at all. Uh, give me a second on that. Because I, I do think that Minnesota, yeah, I mean, they could use another forward. Like, obviously, they're playing well right now, but Taylor Hall would, would really help them. Like, imagine yeah. you could have The only Hall, problem is um... who he's going to play with. Like or, he was playing with Zuccarello and whoever sent whichever center. Yeah. It was Victor Ask for a while, but he's just kind of bad. <laughs> I I think that it maybe maybe Zuccarello gets moved down. Right now he's not playing with Capricorn. Yeah. I think that uh it could work, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm just that's my sort of sleeper team. I think there's a team that nobody expects that's in there. And maybe it's not yeah. Minnesota. Maybe it is. Maybe it's Colorado. <laughs> oh, man. They're not doing it. <laughs> you say that. It makes no it. sense. They have on the left wing. Uh, they have Rantanen. I'm pretty sure. Okay, wait. Just let me make sure of this because I don't know who out of their top line plays on their left wing. I'm pretty sure it's Ransom, though. No, it's, it's Landeskog. Landeskog, Burakovsky, or no, Landeskog, Saad, and Nachushkin. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, probably not. Probably not, but we, we never know. Never know. Uh, so, speaking of the Colorado Avalanche, they made a pair of trades. Uh, the first trade... I'm not going in order. So I'm, the first trade we're going to talk about is Devin Dubnik. Uh, was traded from uh, San Jose to the Colorado Avalanche. Ian, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this trade? Because you may of, have missed it, but uh, it happened. It was for a fifth-round pick. Uh, and Greg Padron for salary. <laughs> I think that... This is 
a trade. I don't I don't know. We'll see. If he's if he's decent in Colorado, then I think that this was a good trade. Yeah. But I don't know. Currently, uh tonight, apparently Grubauer is gonna be scratched. And Johansson's starting and Dubnik's backing him up. Interesting. That's weird. Maybe they're doing (laughs) the thing. Maybe they're doing the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs thing where they they scratch their starter to give them the full day off and then they throw in their third goalie as a backup. I guess, yeah. Because Grubauer's played all of our games, basically. Yeah. Um, But... Um, what was I going to say? I mean, I think it's a decent trade. Uh, you didn't give up much. Avs didn't give up much. Um, and he's, he was playing behind not the best defense in, uh, in San Jose. So he'll come and play on a team that actually has a competent defense. Um, so I definitely think he'll be able to put up at least above 900. So, uh. He should, because Johansson has. He's put up like 920 in Colorado. Yeah. And in Buffalo, he had an 880. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I think this was an okay trade just because of Grubauer being injured every single year. I think he's never played a year without getting injured. <laughs> um, and then... Francis likely being out for the entire season. I think that this was a necessary trade. I just don't know who's moving down to number three. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see. And yeah. the other trade that Colorado made, Patrick Nemeth from the Detroit Red Wings for a fourth round pick. The Red Wings are also retaining 50% on Nemeth. Yeah. Um I mean, he's a defenseman. I think you guys need some. I think Colorado needs some defenseman depth, and uh, I guess he'll provide that. Uh, I yeah. expected a, expected a right shot, but I mean, that's just me. I mean, yeah, so did I. But we have Kyle Burrows on the right now. I didn't even really know he existed, but he's in the lineup, <laughs> and he plays and he shoots right. So we'll see. On the left, though, we have Keaton Middleton in the lineup. Uh, at least I think we do. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we we need another guy. We have too yeah. many injuries. But the other thing is he's also injured. <laughs> yeah. So if he, when he comes back, uh, that'll be likely a welcome addition. Yep. And he'll probably play on the third pair because our left side is pretty crowded. Really? Not surprised there. Taves, Gerard, and Graves. But one of them's always on the right. That's why yeah. we direct. Alrighty. Okay, um, let's let's talk about uh I actually didn't write this down because I forgot this happened. Um the Tanner Pearson extension. We actually uh, didn't talk about this. Uh so yeah. Tanner Tanner Pearson. Uh, got three years and a $3.25 million AAV. Um, the extension by year, the first year, he's going to earn 
2.5 million. Second year is going to earn 3 million. And the third year is going to earn 2.75 million. Um, Ian, is what that are your first signing bonus? This is. Because uh, that doesn't make sense. I don't and think. Then, and then, sorry, this is from Darren Dreger. Uh, he says that, and then he adds signing bonus of $1.5 million due July 1st, 2023, or 2023. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. What do you yeah. think of the deal? I think it's an, a decent extension. I think that the term isn't too bad, and the, the money isn't too bad. Uh, he needs to bounce back next year, or this year, I guess, depending on if he plays. This yeah. year, but yeah, I think that it's not a bad contract for who he is. He just needs to not fall off a cliff. He's kind of an unpredictable player, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's a decent deal, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I I really don't know what I think of it. It's just like, like, dude, I, I'm, I'm just not sure. Like, I don't, like, I'm trying to just stop looking at players pre pandemic, how they were pre pandemic, because the pandemic has changed a lot. It has changed a bunch. Uh, and a lot of players are not exactly the same. Some players are, and some players just, some players are better, and some players are clearly worse. Um, Shea Weber, I'm looking at you. But uh, so I don't know how I want to. If you are looking at last season, this is a this is a good contract. This is a contract that I'm I've no problems with. This year, I'm just not sure. I do think it's not a terrible bet. Uh, just which Tanner Pearson are you gonna get? Are you going to get Tanner Pearson scoring 20 goals? Or are you getting a Tanner Pearson not scoring 20 goals? Scoring or, 10 points. Yeah. This year. But uh, I guess. He's had a weird career. He's yeah. been pretty inconsistent. So yeah. it's risky, but it's not that risky because it's not that much money or term. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I were grading this deal, I'd give it a solid B. B. A B. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, so uh, I'm going to jump to a story that broke on Twitter uh, that I actually told you, Ian. Um, Hayden Fleury was being apparently held of the lineup uh, with a trade, a trade on the way. Uh, so it turns out this is not the case. Uh, according to Sarah Sivian, uh, the Hurricanes held held uh, Hayden Fleury out of the lineup. Uh, so Jay Gardner should could get some ice time, get some reps. So uh, he's not being traded, uh, but he just got scratched just so Jay Gardner could get into the lineup, get a chance to play because in Carolina, they have a lot of defensemen. Uh, they yeah. have a lot of defensemen. So uh, well. I thought Jake Gardner was injured. Otherwise, I probably would have said that. But yeah, makes sense. I think Jake Gardner is a pretty decent defenseman, but he needs ice time. And yeah. he 
Uh, he hasn't been the greatest in Carolina. He also got, gets paid a lot. That's probably why they're trying this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not too big of a deal then. I don't, I don't think that this is a big deal, really. No. Uh, Jake Gardner, yeah, he's a, he's a good defenseman when it's not game seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before true. we get to uh, you ask, we answer. Um, Cole Caulfield won the Hobie Baker uh, earlier, yesterday, no, two days ago. Cole Caulfield won the Hobie Baker. Um, Ian, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think? I think that that's right. He should have won it. <laughs> it makes sense. He probably had the best season out of anybody. I'm surprised Dylan Holloway didn't even get nominated, but yeah, he yeah. deserved it. Cole Caulfield. Um, you as a Habs fan obviously think he just thinks he deserves it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so he got the Hobie Baker and then he followed that up with a three-point night uh, in his debut, including the game-winning goal. And then yesterday, Saturday, uh, April 10th, he scored another game winner against the Toronto Marlies again. Uh, so he's had a pretty good start to his uh, AHL, uh, AHL career. Uh, this guy, he's going to be good. He's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good yep. player. Yeah, I I think so too. I wonder if the Habs call him up during the playoffs. I wonder. I wonder if he has even called them before that. I wonder, depending on how he does. But yep. uh, we we are going to move on to uh, you ask, we answer, and we didn't get a chance to do it because, folks, you guys did not ask. We got zero questions last time. Uh, so there's no questions to answer. So instead, we inserted a new segment called Guess That Goal Horn. Uh, but you ask, we answer is back. And we have some questions and a lot from the same person. Uh, actually, a lot from the same person. There is a, there's a lot of questions. So uh, the first question I'll do is uh, from Blazers Elites. Um, Habs, do the Habs have a legit chance of winning it all? You go first. No, you go first. <laughs> you go first. You answer first because for us, you're probably just gonna say yes, no matter you're, you're you think they do. Okay, my, my opinion is if we're talking about this Montreal Canadiens team, the answer is no. Uh, no, the answer is no. Like, if you watch this team, like, ever since they started like seven, one, and two, or whatever it was, they, I, I literally wrote it down here. Let me find it quick. It, they it's have seven, one, and two, but yeah, like, they, they've not been consistent at all since that start. They've gone 10, 10, and seven. Yeah, which is. I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, that's not good. And if it wasn't for OT losses giving you a point, that'd be 10 and 17. They are so lucky that the Calgary Flames suck. Despite they just beat the Edmonton Oilers like 5 nothing, And the Canucks have COVID and they, the Canucks are not going to make the playoffs. They have to play like 19 games in 30 days. Good luck with that, especially with the team coming off uh, 
having COVID. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck with that. So, uh, yeah. my answer is no. They do not have a legit chance. Ian, I, what do you think? I don't really think they do either. <laughs> I think that they probably don't because, yeah, as you said, they haven't been very good since their start. Yeah. Uh, I doubt John Merrill is going to turn it, turn it around. <laughs> Eric Stahl doesn't seem to have have that ability either. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't think they do. Okay, thanks for the question, Blazers Elite. Uh, another question from Blazers Elite again. Um, who are some dark horses for the Stanley Cup? Okay. Dark horse contenders. Uh, just let me look at the teams quickly. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to fill the time with some do, 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 stop that. I think, I think that the Oilers have a chance if they can get good goaltending and McDavid. Really? Really? Yes. Okay. And also the New York Islanders, we saw last year. Yeah. They're, they're really good. Yeah. As well, the maybe, maybe the Jets, but they'd have to make it out of the North first, which I don't know if they will. They, to do the, for the Jets to do that, they would need to get really good goaltending, and all of their defensemen would have to play at the top of their game because... Yeah. Unless they're going to make a deadline trade, uh, their defense sucks. Yeah. Uh, and in my opinion, I don't think the Oilers are dark horse contender. Uh, not even close. I'm sorry to, to dispute that. Um, this is a team that has feasted on the Ottawa Senators. And then against good teams, against Montreal, no, they have one win against Montreal. They've played like four times. One win. Toronto. Well, you said against good teams. So I'm talking about playoff teams. So in terms of playoffs, Montreal's technically a good team. Uh, Toronto, that season series is over. They didn't do very well. They didn't do very well. And I'm not going to, uh, not going to bully Oilers fans too much. Um, but point is against teams that are actually good and against teams that are not named the Ottawa Senators, they're not exactly world beaters. Uh, I don't see them coming out of the North, not even close. I think the two dark horse contenders out of the North are Toronto and Winnipeg. And I know it's, it might sound silly calling the Maple Leafs a dark horse contender, but um, I don't think people are giving them enough credit. Uh, I think this is a really good team. Uh, I do think they definitely, they, they're up there with, the upper echelon in terms of uh, Stanley Cup contenders. They're not in that tier. They're not there with Colorado, with your Carolina, your Tampa Bay, but they're definitely, they're definitely knocking on the door. They're right there. I don't think the only reason why I didn't say Toronto is because they're like first in the league. 
Yes. But I, I, I just don't think people give them enough credit because yes. it's Toronto. Most people don't. Speak because it's Toronto. Most people hate Toronto. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're so personally, uh-huh. actually, and they're not even tied. They don't have the best points percentage, but they're first above yeah. Colorado and Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and then who I think another sleeper contender is Vegas. I think everyone's forgotten about Vegas. Uh, I do think they're a sleeper team. Um, but it just it, it depends uh, if they can get out of the West. If they can beat Colorado. If they beat Colorado, or if they beat Colorado, they're going to the finals. In my opinion, maybe, maybe. If they can somehow beat the Avalanche, I think they're headed to the finals. That's just my yeah. opinion. Well, they lost to Dallas last year. And that team was not really worse than the one they have now. They gave away Paul Stastny and Nate Schmidt. But they got Alex Petrangelo, who's pretty good. Yeah, I know. We'll see. If Yeah, we'll see. Uh, my last one is Pittsburgh. Just because it's Pittsburgh and they always have a good chance. I thought about Pittsburgh, but I just said, nah. I mean, I never want to bet against a team with Sidney Crosby on it, but I don't know. I'm not sure about Tristan Jari. I'm really not sure. He He's is, been pretty decent this year. I mean, a 906, 288 goals against average. Okay, but yeah, but add that to like his really bad stats at the start of the year. I guess, but, I mean, it's nothing to write home about. I agree, but it is about average, so we'll see. Pittsburgh's thing is not their goaltending, it's their offense. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Is Jordan Bennington average? No. He is a 9-10. This year. This year, he's a 9-10. Yeah, 9-10. He's actually... He's boosted it this year. He's boosted it since we recently last talked. Uh, he's up to a 9-10 and a 2-6-5 goals in his average. Oh, well, then he is average, I guess. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> that he was doing really bad. He was. Oh, he was. I remember when yeah. I checked his stats when he was doing really bad. But uh, thanks for the question again, Blazers Elite. Uh, and he has another question. Uh, sorry, let me find it here. Um, Okay, just he just kicked me out of Instagram. Uh, all these questions are coming from Instagram. Uh, Blazers Elite, thank you for all the questions. He submitted about 20. So I'm only going to pick the best ones. This will probably be the second last one uh, we will do. And who will be the worst team in the next five seasons? Okay, you start. Cause I already know what my answer is. Oh boy. Okay, there's a lot of contenders. Um. So obviously, I'll throw Buffalo in there. They're a contender. I'm, I'm not saying I'm picking them. Uh, I'll throw Buffalo. I'll I'll throw Columbus. I'll throw sure. Dallas. I'll throw Dallas in there, actually. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh... I am going to go with the San Jose Sharks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right there. That's that's they're handcuffed. They are handcuffed. They can't do anything. No. They're they're stuck with uh some of their contracts that they sign. Yeah. And they signed all of them. It wasn't like they traded for them, except nope. for the Kane one. The Kane yeah. one is different. But that one might get terminated, so <laughs> I'm not even including that. But Couture, Carlson, Edward Vlasic. Martin Jones, even Brent Burns, if you count that, because that's not great. I count that, yeah. Um, yeah, he's and still, I he's still really good though. That's the only reason why yeah. I have I didn't include it. Yeah, he but... is getting paid that till he's forty though. So yeah. Uh, and I hate to say, it, if you're a Sharks fan, where is the help? Where's the help? Where's the? Oh, at least we have a can't miss prospect. Where where is well, where's where are the prospects? I don't see I don't see any prospects. Well, I'm you sorry. Have like Nick Merck or Ryan Merkley. I guess. And have, is that it? You you've Ozzy Wiseblad as well and a few other guys, uh, but there aren't okay. too many really. Yeah, I do yeah, kind yeah. of agree with you. Yeah, I'm not seeing they're, anything there. They're an old the, team. The, the cupboard is bare, folks. The cupboard is bare. I they have not have seen like, any. For their younger players, they have Mario Ferraro. Yeah, he's good. Uh, <laughs> Rudolph Balser, who they claimed off waivers after trading him for Eric Carlson. Okay, uh, I'm not Okay. Ryan Donato and Timo Meyer. But yeah. Okay. Club or Nat or San Jose. You had to go to run. It's over. That will be the worst team in the next five years. No doubt. Write yeah. it down. Put it in writing. Put it in writing. Uh, and I said that was going to be the second last question. This will be the second last question. From Blazers lead again. Where would you rank Kyle Connor? And uh, sorry, it's a little vague, but... Let's just say in terms of the best wingers in the league. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of wingers. He's definitely one of the best younger wingers, though. I wouldn't have him above Mitch Marner or Miko Rantanen. Uh-huh. But, yeah. After those two, he's probably the best winger from that draft. Yeah. And then it's not his fault that he's the third best winger from his draft because that draft was really good. Really good. Yeah. I I don't know. I think he's definitely one of the – he's definitely a first liner. Yeah. I, uh, I, where do you view him in terms of uh, NHL players? Like, if you're if you're ranking wingers, would he be in your top ten? Probably not. I wouldn't say so. 
Uh, like Patrick Kane. Is, is he in your top ten? Patrick Kane is. Brad Marchand. Uh, David Pasternak. Uh, I don't know. Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Um, Huberto probably above him. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'd have him in my top 20, though. Yeah. I love, I love Kyle Connor. Uh, I love Patrick Kane. They're quite similar to me. Uh, in terms of that, you know, they're great offensively and they give a lot of it back defensively. My God. Okay. They do nothing. They do nothing. Right. And I brought in a, and uh, I brought up the example uh, to Ian off show of uh, Tim Stutz. And if you look at his defensive numbers, they're not good, but Ian pointed, pointed something out to me. It's not because he's not trying. It's because he's playing with players. Let's be frank here. They're not going to be wearing the Selkie anytime soon. Or the Norris. In or the, the case Norris. of Eric Kibraski. <laughs> Why? Why do they continue? Okay. Okay, that's, that... <laughs> okay I'm not, not, not going to say anything about Eric Kibraski. I'm not going to say anything. I could talk for 25 minutes about why they keep playing Eric Brandt. No idea. Um, and the last question is, uh, it's not exactly hockey related, but um, again, from Blazers Elite, thank you so much for uh, all these questions. Uh, so we have questions for days if we uh, don't actually get any submissions. Um, oh, I didn't even notice this question. Okay, this is going to be our last one. What bad teams could make a legit run in the next five years? So what bad teams will become good in, in the next five years? Uh, the Suns, I think. I'd have Anybody? to say the Senators. Back, they, they could really go on a run. Yeah. Uh, also... The Canucks, if they get their stuff together, mm-hmm. which if they don't sign any of those freaking contracts, Jim Benning, then they will <laughs> put the phone down. Put the phone down. Stop signing. Just, just love signing people. Not even the phones, just the pen. Put the pen down. Just, just put it down. Just go to the put lake it or in something. Fireplace. Put it in the fireplace and then set it on fire. Yep. Stop it. <laughs> Until, oh man, yeah, okay. The Canucks can. Uh-huh. Um, also, the Rangers probably can. Yeah. Those are my three. I like the sense. I do think, I do think they're there. Yeah, I'm just a little, a little, uh, concerned about their goalie situation uh i don't think matt murray's the answer guys i don't think he's the answer well he doesn't necessarily have to be it could be gustafson or decor could yeah more likely gustafson yeah but the big issue i have with that is like i agree i get it like i wouldn't have a problem with it 
if you didn't give this guy, you're, you're paying him more than Jacob Markstrom. You're paying him more than Thatcher Demko. You're paying him more than all of these goalies. Right. And he's eating, he's eating a, a chunk of your cap space. And in a world where the cap is not going to rise for a couple of years, by the time you're good, are you going to, like, what are you going to do with that contract? I, it's not, it's not so, so bad. It's not good either. Well, the contract does only go for three years after this, right? True, yeah. By then, like, Batherson, Stutzler, they all have their big contracts, but Murray will be out. Yeah. Because, like, for Menton and Brandstrom, they'll probably sign bridge contracts, and they're not even going to be that expensive. Yeah. Guys like them, so... I don't think that'll actually be that big of a deal if he's bad. And he doesn't necessarily have to be bad. He could be could be decent. But who are your picks? Sens. Um yeah, the Sens. Um Rangers. For me, the Rangers are probably my number one. Yeah. Rangers, Sens. And I'm not sure. I would. I want to throw Detroit in there, but I'm not sure what the future is in the behind the or behind the pipes between the pipes. Uh, who's your Who's your goalie? Uh, nobody. There's your problem. There's your problem. Like, I, I I don't know who's your goalie. Who's the future in net? Plus, who's the future number one center? True. I love Dylan Larkin. I don't think but he's a number he could one. Could be like Sean Monahan. Yeah, I was about to say that. He's a he's a good center, but you got to You need a number one. You need a number one. Just have that one good year, and then have everybody kind of think of you as a number one. Like the one point per game year, everybody kind of thinks of you as a number one, but nobody really wants you on their team. Yeah, as the first line center, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Man. And who's your take other it. team? Jeez, I, I, I don't know if I... I... Uh, New Jersey, probably. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Because I actually uh, have a goalie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I had something on my mind. Oh, for Detroit. Man, you should have taken Cole Perfetti. Marco Rossi, yeah. centers were there. Centers were there. But I guess you could probably take a center this year if you needed. But I don't well, know. apparently the reason the draft lottery changed was because of Detroit. Yeah, and Steve Eiserman being angry that he couldn't get Byfield basically because he wanted a center, right? Or uh-huh. Stutzla even. Yeah, but there were centers. Yeah. I'd rather have a center than Raymond, honestly. Yeah. I'm not a Detroit fan, but I'd rather have Perfetti. Yep. And that's going to do it, folks, for all the questions we got. Thank you to Blazers Elite for submitting all these questions and uh, a bunch more. So if we ever need some questions, we'll probably just go uh, back to uh, all these questions that he asked. So thank you very much for that. And that is going to wrap up this episode. Still no Taylor Hall trade. 
Uh, yeah, nothing on the Taylor Hall front. Uh, at least we got the Nick Foligno trade. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, follow us on all of our socials, Twitter, at BTGHKYPOD, uh, Instagram, Between the Glass Podcast, TikTok, Between the Glass Podcast, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Between the Glass Podcast. Lots more content coming out. And the next time we talk to you guys, we will have a pretty good idea of, of, uh, of who won the trade deadline and uh, who did a terrible job. Mark Bergevin, yeah. pressure's on, buddy. Pressure's on. I'm looking at you. Uh, but that's going to do it. Thanks so, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you on Wednesday.